The book is here. The book is here, my friend. I'm so excited to announce that my new book, my first book, Be Seen, Find Your Voice, Build Your Brand, Live Your Dream, is officially available for pre-order. Oh my gosh, such an exciting moment. And I'm so grateful that you are hearing this because it means that you can go pre-order and get some of my really dope bonuses. Now, I love to incentivize people to take action fast because momentum begets momentum. So I want you to go and pre-order. And when you do, head on over to jengottlieb.com slash be seen and put in your order information so you can get the bonuses for pre-ordering. The bonuses are amazing. First, immediately you're going to get the recording of me reading the introduction and the first chapter to the book. So you can listen to the intro and the first chapter before anybody else. And it's me reading it. So you're going to get a lot of different little behind the scenes nuggets. You'll also get a special invite to my very first Manifestation Masterclass virtual event. Now, this is a two-hour virtual event that I'm going to do where I it's the first time I've ever taught Manifestation in that kind of uh, atmosphere where it's a place where you can ask me questions and we're together on Zoom. It's going to be epic. So everybody that pre-orders is going to get an opportunity to join me for that Manifestation Masterclass. So I can't wait to see you there. I'm so excited for you to get the book in your hands and for you to get those amazing bonuses. So go on over to jengottlieb.com slash be seen and order your book wherever you want to order it from, but put that order number into the website so you can get the bonuses. Go do it. I dare you. Can't wait to hear what you think. When you do the thing you're afraid to do, whether you win or lose, when you get to the other side, you've proven to yourself that that fear that you've had of that thing doesn't have as much power as you think that it did, and it has less power the next time you go to take action. What if today was the day that you dared yourself to do what you've always wanted? Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. I'm your host, Jen Gottlieb. And together, we're going to step outside of our comfort zones and into our best lives one dare at a time. So come on, I dare you to dive right on in. Yesterday, I spoke at Aspire, which was a really big event, uh, 2,200 people at the Javits Center in New York City. And I was the only other woman other than Barbara Corcoran. So it was Barbara Corcoran, me, Alex Rodriguez, who else was there? Dan Fleischman, obviously, he's the person that uh, is now the owner of Aspire Tour with Andrew Cordell. And I was really nervous yesterday. The reason, there was a few reasons why I was really nervous. Number one, I was I was nervous because I've been working on this keynote that um, I'm going to give a lot this year. If you've seen my schedule, it's absolutely jam-packed. But it's an hour long, 45 minutes to an hour. And it's really good and I love it so much and it's so powerful, but it is long. And I had a 25-minute speaking slot at Aspire. I had to take my keynote and cut it down to 25 minutes. And those of you that speak know how difficult it is. It's more difficult to speak for a shorter amount of time than a longer amount of time because you have to be unbelievably concise and succinct. And for me, I had to figure out which stories I was taking out, and I really didn't want to take out a lot of stuff. So I probably kept more than I should have, but I made me unbelievably nervous because I knew that I had to hit every single word right at a certain moment in order to fit the full talk into the 25 minutes. So not only was there pressure for me to do a great job, because I always want to bring my very, very best to every stage, always, but there was a lot of pressure 
for me to speak fast enough and know my words like fast enough and like hit every point at every minute and really be able to get my point across, but get everything in in 25 and not go over time. And I was scared. But here's a really, really cool thing about doing things that you're afraid to do. This is my favorite concept. When you do the thing you're afraid to do, whether you win or lose, when you get to the other side, you've proven to yourself that that fear that you had of that thing doesn't have as much power as you think that it did. And it has less power the next time you go to take action. So here's the cool thing about this. I crushed it. Thank you. It was great. Were there things I could do better? A hundred percent. Am I going to tear apart that video later and critique myself and 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 really point out the things that I can improve on? Of course. But did I do a great job? Yes. I felt amazing about it. I did it. And I was able to take my hour-long keynote and turn it into a 25-minute power-packed talk. I proved to myself that I could do that. If I never did that, I would always have that first time where I would have to get on a stage and do the 25 minutes for the first time ever, because I'm sure I will speak on another stage where I have 25 minutes. And now I know that I can do it, but it, it took, it took uncomfortableness. It took an unbelievable amount of discomfort. It took a lot of fear. It took a lot of nerves. It took a lot of me racking my brain, a lot of rehearsals, a lot of wonder walks, trying to figure it out. And, and a lot of energy that went into doing that. And now that I've done it once though, I'm no longer afraid to do it because I took away the power that the fear has over me because I did it. That's how you get rid of fear or that's how you move through fear and take away its power. So now I know I can do 25. And then I also proved to myself that I can do hard things. And every time you do something hard that you're scared to do, you put another coin in your confidence bank. You give yourself a little bit more proof that you can trust yourself to show up when things are scary. And successful people show up when things are scary. That's why they become successful. I get to meet a lot of really successful people that are a hell of a lot more successful than me. They've done a lot of things that I want to do. And the thing that they all have in common is they consistently do things they're afraid to do. They consistently do things they don't feel like doing. They consistently put themselves outside of their comfort zone and take risks and bets. And some of those bets pay off and they work and some of them don't. And the bets that don't work and that don't pay off and the failures, they all just go towards the growth that's going to come in the future and the better decision-making in the future and the pivots that they make in the future. And they don't harp on that failure or that mess up and let it bring them down for the next decision. They just keep on going. And that is the thing that every successful person that I know has in common with each other. And so I try to consistently, even though how it might be hard sometimes, but show up when I'm scared and do the thing I'm afraid to do. Do the thing I don't feel like doing. Even if it's something it's like, oh, I'm just lazy. I don't feel like doing that today. I will specifically push through and do it, not because I really have to do the thing or anything, any other reason other than I need to stick to this commitment to prove to myself that I can do hard things. Let's talk about burnout. How do you manage burnout when you're consistently on the go? It's a really good question because let me tell you about my day yesterday. My day yesterday was woke up, uh, really early because I, I never really get my hair done, but I wanted to for Aspire because it was a big stage. So I had my hair done at 7 a.m. Then um, was working on that talk, doing Wonder Walk. Actually, I did a Wonder Walk before the hair. So I went to the gym at 5.30 in the morning, did a Wonder Walk, went through my talk, had the guy come over and do my hair, went to Aspire with my team, did the keynote while I was there for like two hours, did the talk, came back, gave a 90-minute uh, a training to my mastermind community all about leadership over Zoom, 90 minutes. And then I had a whole bunch of other things that I had to do with work just like kind of on the computer. Uh, had a call with uh, a new contractor that we're working with. 
and then went out to dinner with two of our dear, dear, dear friends that were in the city only for a day, uh, Lori and Chris. And I don't do a lot of social things. Like I don't go to dinner a lot when I'm home. So like going to dinner is a big deal as well. So yesterday was a jam-packed day and we had just gotten back from Colorado where we did our one-day mastermind event the day before. So if I were to look at that from the outside looking in, I would say that is too much. You're going to get burnt out. Like that would be my limiting belief. But here's the thing about burnout. I think I talked about this yesterday. When you're doing something that you love to do and it's fun, it doesn't drain your energy. And think about that for you. I get like, think about something that you love so much. Like what's something that is just so much fun for you and you, you like when you do it, you feel energized and you absolutely love it. Like whether that is horseback riding or yoga or let's see, like what do you love to do? Somebody tell me in the comments what you absolutely love to do. You could do that forever. You're not going to get burnt out because you love it. The adrenaline's going to take over. The joy of doing the thing is going to take over. And you could probably do that for a really long time. You get burnt out when you're spending too much time not in your zone of genius, not in the time when you're in the pocket. In my book, Be Seen, I talk about being in the pocket. I get burnt out when I'm not in the pocket enough. So like, this is a great example. If you were to tell me to go cook a meal, like go into the kitchen and cook, I don't know, chicken Parmesan, I would probably get unbelievably burnt out. I would. I would get burnt out because I don't like cooking. It stresses me out. I don't know how to do it. It's not fun for me. It doesn't feel easy. It doesn't feel in the pocket. I would probably like hate my life after one night or ask me to hang a picture on the wall or redecorate a room. I would get burnt out because I don't love that. And, but if you're doing things that feel in the pocket and you're in your zone of genius and you're doing things that you love to do, they usually energize you and fuel you. And instead of sucking your energy, they usually give you energy. That's what I've experienced. Now, we're not all blessed and lucky enough to be in our zone of genius in the pocket all day, every day. We have to do shit we don't want to do, right? Uh, That's just, that is life. And I have to do shit I don't want to do all the time. But I try to make the majority of my work experience, and this, this has been something we've been building over time. This is not something that happened automatically in my life. Like I was in, this is a slow build over time where it comes to like really incorporating AI, bringing on team. Uh, having a lot of people around to help when to do things that aren't in your zone of genius. But slowly over time, I've been spending a lot of energy uh, creating my an, an everyday life that puts me in the things, doing the things that I love to do that I'm the best at the majority of my day. So the draining activities become less and less and less and less. And as long as I'm doing these things, sleeping for six to eight hours every night, eating healthy, exercising and spending the majority of the time doing things that I love, I don't get burnt out because I genuinely like love what I'm doing. Like I, I really do. Anytime I get on a call, like I got on that 90 minute call with my mastermind family after doing that keynote and, uh, I could barely speak. I had to chug water, but I was so energized because I love my mastermind community and I could speak to them all day, even if I'm tired. Adrenaline is a really magical thing. Now, I had to absolutely make sure I got in bed early last night and sleep eight hours. I like if I were to have stayed up all night, gone to dinner, we went to dinner, had a great time, I had lots of energy because I was around people that I loved. If I was around people that I didn't love, maybe I wouldn't have had energy and I would have gotten burnt out. But because I was around people that were energy givers and it was exciting for me to be around them and so much fun and I got so much out of it, I felt great. I came home and I made it a priority for me to get right in my bed and go to sleep so I could sleep eight hours. Sleep is so key. 
And then what did I do? I got up early this morning and went to the gym and worked out so I could have more energy. I, I prioritize the things that are energy giving and I deprioritize the things that are energy sucking. And I make sure that I don't surround myself with people that suck my energy when I know that I'm in a, in a, in a sprint. And I call what uh, this is sprint. So basically, like if I've got a lot of things going on for a couple of months, I know I'm in a sprint and I know that I need to protect my energy. So the rule of thumb is priority is sleep, exercise, healthy eating, people that give me energy and doing things in my zone of genius. And as long as I'm doing that and I'm prioritizing those things and I am intentionally steering clear from energy sucking activities, I will not get burnt out. Another thing that's unbelievably important is every once in a while having your recovery day and like actually uh, scheduling it in. And I schedule in recovery days. Now, I'm in a sprint right now this week. I wasn't able to recover yesterday. I'm not able to recover today and I'm not able to recover tomorrow. But I have it in the calendar that no matter what, Sunday is a day of nothing. Even if some amazing thing comes my way on Sunday, it is my job to recover on Sunday. And for me, and I know for a lot of high performers, it's really, sometimes recovery feels like you're not doing anything, but I like to think of recovery as an actual task. So my recovery, like taking one day, that's really all I need. I don't need a vacation. I don't need a week. I don't need three days. Taking one day to just not have any plans and walk around the city by myself with my headphones in or just do whatever, clean out my closet. I like to do, I like to organize stuff. Uh, I like to listen to podcasts that maybe don't have anything to do with business or personal development and just completely zone out. Maybe watch some baking shows on TV, uh, do whatever I feel. I call it white space. I just need one day of that, but I need to make sure that I do it. Even if I feel like, oh, I have too much to do. I can't do this. This recovery feels like I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing enough. It's actually quite the opposite. That recovery is a gigantic task that needs to happen in order for me to do the whole sprint all over again. So hopefully that was a, a good rant for you that helped you understand how I deal with not with burnout and not getting burnt out. I've been successful at this so far with a lot of stuff on my plate. So right now I can tell you that it works for me. Do I know if it's going to consistently continue to work for me as I get older? I don't know. But right now it's working and I feel great. As you can tell, this is not fake energy. Like I feel awesome. Uh, and I've been doing a hell of a lot. And if I were to take a step back and look at it, uh, and ask myself, would this be too much for somebody? I would probably tell myself from outside of me, like, oh, maybe you should pull back. That's too much. But I don't do that. I don't even let myself do that because we're so much more capable than we think. And we have so much more energy than we realize when we're spending our energy doing the things that fuel us, doing the things that lift us up. And I've proven this to myself again and again, because I've done full three-day events on no sleep simply because I had adrenaline. I'm not telling you to do that. Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is I prove to myself that when the adrenaline kicks in and when you're doing something that you love, it, it looks out for you and you're able to do it. You just need to then rest on the other side and make sure you take care of yourself. But um, I, I, I try to make it so that I don't ever have to do like a full week vacation in order to recover. I sleep every night for a good, I try eight hours, exercise and eat healthy. And that helps me to consistently just fuel every single day this lifestyle. Instead of having to like push, 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 kill myself, kill myself, kill myself. And then I have to take two weeks off because I'm so burnt out. Uh, I can't work like that. So I try to just always be ready and always be taking care of myself and always be in self-care mode while, while also pushing myself and knowing that I'm in a season of, of taking massive action. But you can be in a season of taking massive action and growing and also taking care of yourself along the way. 
And it doesn't have to be rocket science. Um, again, I'll say it one more time for the people in the back that are just joining. I sleep six to eight hours. I drink water. I didn't add that one in, but I do. I eat clean. I exercise. And I do things that fuel my energy, meaning surround myself with people that energize me. And I steer clear of people that don't intentionally. And I make sure that I'm spending the majority of my time in my zone of genius or in the pocket doing something that fills me up and fuels me rather than um, energy draining activities. Now, we don't always have that, especially when I was first starting our business. I did not have the luxury of choosing that I could do things that were only in my zone of genius. That's something that you have to build up to and, and, and it's totally understandable. So then you just know that you need to double down on the other things that fuel you up and make sure you carve out time to do those things. So if you know that right now you're building your business and you have to spend time in an energy draining activity and you know that you just have to do that right now, that's okay. So give yourself two hours to do something that fills you up later in that day to energize you. Where do you get your inspiration in crafting content? So there's a couple of ways that I get inspired to create content. One of them is I focus on documenting rather than creating. So I just think about what I'm doing in my life and I document it. And so I just posted this morning a post about my friend and mentor, Dan Fleischman. He had me on the Aspire stage yesterday and I won. And many of you ask me who my mentors are. And that's been a question that a lot of you have been asking me. The thing that I happened to do yesterday was speak on stage with one of my mentors, Dan. So since that was something that I did, I just documented it and turned it into valuable content for other people talking about the importance of mentors. And then also, of course, you know, relation, relationship building and like shouting out my friend, Dan. So I like to just think of what's going on in my life right now. And can I bring some value to other people's lives from what I'm experiencing in this moment? Maybe it's something that like this morning. The first thing that I opened with was my experience speaking at Aspire and how nervous I was and how scared I was and what I learned from the opportunity of being scared and not feeling confident and doing it and getting to the other side and trusting myself and building confidence. That all came from an experience that I had yesterday. So I look at my experiences and I create content based on what I've got going on in my life. And it doesn't have to be a big mind-blowing, like cool experience, like speaking on a stage in front of 2,200 people. It could literally be like, Here's what I learned from cooking dinner with my two-year-old trying to play the drums on the pots and pans, right? I learned patience. I learned, you know, you get more with honey, whatever it is, right? Like you can actually take anything that happened in your life and turn it into a piece of content. And documenting is so much easier than trying to come up with ideas. That's number one. The second way that I come up with content is I use AI. I am the biggest believer in artificial intelligence. ChatGPT is this unbelievable tool that we have available to us. We never have an excuse anymore to not create content because we can just talk to ChatGPT and tell ChatGPT what we do and what our concept is and who our ideal client is and who our ideal customer is or who our ideal audience is and ask them to come up with amazing ideas. You could say, give me 20 ideas for social media posts uh, for for this month in the topic of health, in the topic of fitness in the topic of mindset. Uh, And it will give you those. And then you can go and just use those as ideas, or you can go even deeper into it and ask, okay, great. I love number four. Now write the caption for me. (laughs) And it'll write the caption for you. I, I, we teach entrepreneurs how to use AI and how to, how to prompt it and how to talk to it and how to get the most out of it. I recommend that every single business owner right now needs to learn how to use AI because if you don't, somebody else that's your competition or somebody else that is wanting to do the thing that you do is, is going to 
I hate to say this because I, I'm a big form of the a big fan of being on the creative plane, not on the competitive plane. But the people that know how to use artificial intelligence are going to thrive in this industry, in, in this world that we're going to go into, that we're already living in, but we're really stepping into. You need to know how to use these tools. It's unbelievably important. Uh, so I use them every single day for content creation to help me come up with ideas. Maybe I'll be sitting in the car and I've got a videographer with me and he and I want to make some content. And I don't know what to say because I'm having a brain fart or nothing's coming to my mind. I will just open up my ChatGPT app and I'll say, give me five ideas of topics I can talk about in the car that are related to manifestation or mindset or being seen or visibility or content creation. And they'll give me amazing isms. And then I can like put my gen my genisms on them and make them more something that I would say. So I would use ChatGPT. So to wrap up, the way that I come up with my content is number one, I document my life. I talk about what's happening in my life and then I use my life experiences to create some value for my audience, whether that is something that I learned or something that they learned or what the biggest takeaway was from that situation. Um, and then I also ask ChatGPT and I use artificial intelligence to help me come up with great ideas. And then I will usually put my spin on those ideas that ChatGPT helps me to create. And it actually makes it fun. It's like I have a little uh, content creating helper with me that's not a person. So they aren't emotionally attached to the outcome of the content. And it's just facts. It's AI is the best, you guys. It's, it's amazing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the I Dare You podcast. I'm so grateful you chose to spend this time with me, but I'm even more grateful for your future self that you are building one dare at a time. So my first dare for you is to subscribe to the show and then share it with a friend who you think needs to step a little bit more outside their comfort zone and into their best lives. They'll thank you for it. I'll see you next time on the I Dare You podcast.